This week's Video Game Apocalypse is brought to you by Casper Premium Mattresses. And you can go to caspertrial.com slash laser time and save 50 bucks on any mattress. Everybody, welcome to episode 213 of Vigigame Apocalypse. We're out of the palindrome numbers for a few episodes. Uh, I'm your host, Michael Raparas. Who else is here in the Tyler Wilde Memorial Studio with me? Uh, ancient Indian alien, Chris Antista. Who hey, else? Run. And very special guest. Hello, I'm Teresa Duringer. Teresa Duringer! Um, from uh, Temple Templegate Games? Yes, that's right. Bam, I nailed it! I um, think, other than maybe Chris, you are the first CEO to have ever <laughs> entered this room. I'm not a CEO. <laughs> are you the CEO? <laughs> yeah, technically. Oh my god! Oh my god, but you're also on there uh, streaming like every other day. Yeah, well, you know, CEO of four-person company is what it is. But uh, you just put out Race for the Galaxy? Yeah, yeah. A strategy card game that is a beloved board game, and we brought it to iPhone and Android. I saw that, and we so we yeah we told you already we do a top five. We had a top five ready, and you don't exactly fall into what what, what do we call the top five? Oh, the top five this week is games that started out as fan projects and yes. were elevated to become licensed games. So that doesn't this, this is not the case. But it doesn't that. apply to you. But like when uh, our buddy AJ put us in contact with one another, she told me like. But did you spearhead this project as a fan of the board game? You're like, no, we need to make this a game, and I want to make this a game. Let us let us make this game. Yeah, um, yeah, and, definitely. And like the same passion behind fan projects, you just like went through official channels. When like, were they looking to make a game, like a digital game, out of their board game? I think they definitely wanted one, and there's actually a couple digital ones already mm-hmm. available on PC. But I think it was one of those right place, right time things where they had the the rights were sort of locked up with a previous company, mm-hmm. and then that ended up not working out, and I just happened to fall into the the right timing of it was it was it just because it was ios because you were coming off a bunch of vr projects weren't you yeah we were um so we we've been in the vr space which uh for us we've been doing pc and mobile vr mm-hmm. we got really involved with uh building out our custom engine for mobile mm-hmm. so um and we've been really into the board game stuff because yeah. we did ascension last what did you have a, a magic carpet board game <laughs> which I, i'm on the fence with the, the vr googles but i can't justify them just yet and look at look at all this crap where would i put it <laughs> I'd have to have a hat rack or something for my VR. And there's also the high cost of entry of you have to own a carpet, I assume. Exactly. And I don't because exactly. this is not. <laughs> this I only have the one I got from Target like six years ago. It's, and the, it's, it's uh, the Wii it's all dusty. over again. If you have no imagination, we'll sell you the equivalent from the game. Here's a tennis racket. Pretend. Um, only if it's an inflatable carpet. But yeah, Race for the uh, Galaxy. The reason why we thought you'd be a good addition, we put this top five with you and paired it together because how exactly did you go about uh, getting permission to make the game? Um, let's see. I, so I was playing a bunch of this, uh, particular, uh, client that is on a PC mm-hmm. created by Keldon Jones and he created this like fantastic neural network AI, um, client that had a, a kind of minimalist UI and I played tons and tons and tons of, of it and I got excited about the game started looking up more about it. And I, I found out that this guy, Tom Lehman, who designed the board game mm-hmm. actually was in my like, sort of like 
Victorian ballroom dancing group, friend yeah. of a friend. <laughs> so you accidentally twirl and bump into him. Oh, hi. Mind if I cut in? So I got this pitch. <laughs> yeah, it was something like that. And then I and then I basically kind of bombarded him with some of my fan art. I had made like hair clips based on my favorite card combo. Oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, I wore my way into his board game night and played a bunch of games and told him about the games that we were already making and, and he seemed open to it. Come on, you told me more. There were cookies involved. <laughs> oh, Somebody, yeah. I heard about cookies. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't want to bring it up because I didn't bring any tonight. But um, <laughs> <laughs> Didn't want to mention it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I made cookies. I mean, I just... I just, I felt like I, I just am so in love with this game and I, I probably could have been more professional, but I just wanted to like, <laughs> you know, in any capacity through baking or hair club making or anything I could just kind of show how much I'm, I, I've gotten so much out of this game. Yeah. And that's why I thought it was such a cool story. It does feed into that nothing is impossible thing. <laughs> Never be afraid to ask. Yeah. Um, in certain senses like that. But what Race for the Galaxy, how long has the board game been around? Oh, it's been about 10 years. Okay. Yeah. And what, is, what exactly is it? I'm really bad at this kind of stuff. You have to do all the heavy lifting when it comes to describing <laughs> Race for the Galaxy. Out now on iOS and Android. Oh, yeah. Uh, Race for the Galaxy is an empire-building strategy card game in which you are going to be placing uh, cards into a tableau and choosing roles at the same time as your opponent. So you all secretly and simultaneously choose a role, reveal at once, and you all execute that role. And the crux of it is you want to choose a role that is going to benefit your opponents the mm. least, benefit you the most, and uh, ultimately it's a Euro-style game with a victory point um, win at the end. Got a couple of those words. <laughs> but I've always wondered, do all tabletop games adapt well to uh, touch games, given that the, the, they're just card and proximity based and uh, mostly based on numbers and math and strategy and like strategy that occurs outside the game itself i think it really depends um i i think some uh tabletop games involve um like you know bluffing mm. or interaction things mm. which might not translate as well in a mobile experience um but i think what what translates particularly well for race and for some other games is um it's a game that allows you to take your turns asynchronously. You can sort of subitize the board at a moment's uh, glance, just checking out everything that's going on with your opponents and yourself. So if you're coming back to a game, you can immediately pick up where you're trying to go rather than having to look through mm. an existing deck. And and it also does a lot of um, sort of the the accounting for you, mm. managing your victory points and your <sighs> military and specialized <laughs> scores. <laughs> so... And, of course, it does all the shuffling and stuff like that. So if mm. your hands get tired of shuffling cards, it, it helps with that. And I, I just... Did you come up with the idea to, like, I need to make this game? Or, like, I see how this could be a, a game, a digital game, immediately. Or are you just like, I love this so much, I have to give it a crack? Well, I had been playing... I mean, I've played hundreds of games on my computer, and mm -hmm. I always wanted to be playing this one ever mm -hmm. since I tried that on my phone. Mm -hmm. And the last game that we made, Ascension VR, mm -hmm. was based on one of my other favorite mobile apps based on a tabletop board game. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I just I just really wanted this to exist. And I think a lot of people did. Yeah. Yeah, your, the reviews uh, just... Again, it's hard for me to understand the specifics of, of the game, like, not having played it, but, like, the, your your iOS reviews are all, like, five stars of people... This is exactly what I wanted. So kudos, good on you. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, really kudos go to Tom Lehman and mm -hmm. his team for creating a board game that a lot of people have uh, resonated with. Yeah, I've been meaning to get more into that as we get older. Our friends and I are playing mm -hmm. a lot more board games together. Yeah. You notice that it's something you can play, but uh, 
doesn't have a subwoofer that wakes the kids yeah. up. <laughs> so, so we've been playing a lot more. So yeah, maybe we'll put it in the rotation. I'm really bad at all of them. Carolyn, remember Carolyn? No. Stomps everybody like a tyrant. <laughs> it's awful. It is awful. Since you mentioned it, mm. like what what one of the greatest things about putting this game on the phone is mm. the fact that it gives you a chance to play really quick games against the AI. So you can be a little bit more experimental mm. with your strategies. So you can try something new and you know, that will help you, I would say, level up as a player faster than if you're playing with people and both your ego is on the line. That's- and also, it takes a lot longer to just run through a game because everyone's socializing and all yeah, that stuff. I, I love the social aspect of playing a tabletop game with people, but it's like, I play it, I lose, and then a month goes by, <laughs> and I haven't learned anything, and I don't, I, I didn't get, I didn't gain any strategy, I don't, I don't even remember how to play, so I have, a, I have a tough time remembering that kind of stuff, but yeah, and there's multiplayer in the, the game too, isn't there? Yeah, there is, so, in, so in addition to the single player mm-hmm. uh, AI, uh, you have a network multiplayer, and there's a bunch of people on there, you can find friends and jump into games there. Mm-hmm. I like and that. I would assume that, like, you guys have a decent tutorial in the game, whereas if you're playing a board game with a friend, they're probably going to give you, best case scenario, like 80% of what the board game is about, and it's and it's more about you just like, oh, what does this do again? This, I don't want to play this, this one. Should, I'm going to sit it out. This should describe exactly why my victory over Dave in this week's NBA Playground stream was so... so- Glorious. No, I tell you. you I tell thing. you more. I tell you 110 percent of what not. I knew. Like alley oops never work. I defeated you over and over again with a mechanic uh. I knew nothing about. <laughs> uh, but they will, I guess we'll talk about that. Prey. Yeah, NBA uh, playground. Tiny bit of strafe. And then um, uh, why don't you warm some race for the galaxy in here throughout? Just throw it sure. everywhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, number five, race for the galaxy. <laughs> 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 well, our actual number five. Number five for. Fan games that uh, what went that legit. became that went legit. Sure, yeah. fan games that went legit. Mm-hmm. Let's call it that. Yeah. Let's show these buckets of balls who's boss. Well, I don't know what this is. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm I'd... guessing none of you will be able to guess this unless you're a fan of Rooster Teeth anime. I am not <laughs> yet. I am not yet. So this is this is Ruby Grim Eclipse, mm-hmm. or as those of you who aren't familiar with the anime would probably pronounce it, seeing it on Steam or PSN, mm-hmm. RWBY Grim Eclipse, because it looks like a big acronym. Mm-hmm. But this is a, a game started out as a fan game based on, uh, I, I should say anime, because that seems to piss people off less. Uh- Japanimation. Oh, yeah, Japanimation. <laughs> Based on a popular Rooster Teeth Japanimation. <laughs> but uh, you might remember Monty Ohm, uh, the guy who created <clears throat> a might. bunch of really elaborate, like, uh, animations where, like, Samus fights uh, Kasumi from Dead or Alive. I or absolutely whatever. do remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So he did a bunch of those in the t- late 2000s, mm-hmm. I guess, and uh, went on to create this. Uh, this series called Ruby for mm-hmm. Rooster Teeth, which mm-hmm. is like 3D animated anime. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, in itself, you could say it's sort of like a fan project that mm-hmm. went legit in that it's it's an American anime that uh, now has a following in Japan and has been translated. Oh. So that, that seems like kind of a feat. But Ruby Grim Eclipse is a project of this fan named Jordan Scott who created a demo based on, I guess, the, the first season or the very first trailer mm-hmm. And then uh, put out the demo and said, like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to... How am I supposed to make money? I'm not going to keep doing this because I need to do my, my own project. So mm-hmm. it, this is just going to be a demo. And within 24 hours of release, Monty Ohm, the series creator, mm-hmm. contacted him and brought him into discussions with Rooster Teeth about, like, how to turn this into a oh, wow. full game. 
And uh, a couple years of development later, and the team expanded, and they created this uh, kind of hack-and-slash-shooty brawler uh, where you can play as the four main characters. Ruby, uh, I should probably say, is a series about these four girls in like a techno-fantasy world who uh, sign up to become huntresses. They're, mm. they're going to hunt monsters called Grimm, and they, they go to Beacon Academy to learn how to do this. <laughs> Beacon. But oh, all these hunters are divided into four-person teams. <laughs> Theirs is uh, Ruby, Weiss, Blake, and Yang. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, these, these four girls that all have complementary abilities, and they're in competition with other groups of hunters, and uh, it's... a Surprisingly well-written uh, series, uh, maybe a little amateurish with the voice acting. No sign of those train tracks anywhere. They must be hidden behind one of those doors. See if you can find a way to get them open. Look around for a key. Sounds very stony to me. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> totally does. Look around that's, for a key. That's still, I mean, I don't know. That's still the part I'm most fascinated by as someone. Therese has never made a game, like the how someone goes from making something for fun and then turns it into something that everybody gets to enjoy i don't know what, what was the first game you made and oh. put on put up for people to judge oh mm, you know when i was working at maxis mm-hmm. uh, i worked on the spore and the spore oh, api all right yeah and um and we did this like api contest so i wanted to show people what they could do with the api and i made this game called psychic spore and that was the first one I put out there. I totally remember Spore. That feels like so long ago. Oh my god! Uh, uh, with Maxis? And... Yeah. 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 When Will Wright was still there. Yeah. Wow. Well, I also meant to ask. I peeked at your LinkedIn. I hope that's not any sort of violation. But uh, actually, doesn't it tell you? You're, you're, I you're looked a... at this. <laughs> no, I turned that off ages ago. Oh, uh, but you, you were a psychology major, right? Yeah. So how how do you go from psychology to creating games? Um, well, actually, my mom was a game developer, and so I graduated with a BA in psychology, which you can kind of not do a whole lot with. (laughs) Work for a psychology company. (laughs) All right. I I wish I'd thought of that. Sign on with big psychology. (laughs) Go to the psychology factory. (laughs) But, I mean, I knew a ton about game development because my mom would come home every night and talk about what she did at EA, which is where she worked. And uh, And so I I needed a job, and I applied at EA, and I got in as a tester. And um, that's how it happened. And then I haven't left. Yeah. Like in in what era? Like the road rash (laughs) era? The (laughs) Pleistocene. Sorry, Mom. (laughs) Please don't let your mom listen to this. I'm only one year in. Um, (laughs) Do you you remember her bringing home? Like, what was like the first game you can remember her bringing home? Oh, my gosh. I think it was like Carmen Sandiego. Yeah. Uh, There's only one of them. But (laughs) so we would get so many video games that we would give them out for Halloween instead of candy. Wow. This is the new coolest house ever. It really us. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is like one step above a full Snickers bar. <laughs> yeah. I would much rather have that. Oh yeah. my god, they're giving out number munchers over there. I'd say yeah. it's several steps above. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I like Snickers. We had yeah. NFL players in our neighborhood at one point, and they gave out full candy bars. Why weren't they giving us Madden? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, probably because that they weren't of, given money for it at the probably. time. Probably. This was uh, back when they were just Sprite, so I'm sure... The licenses weren't as expensive. <laughs> <laughs> well, on the, on the flip side of that, it wasn't as cool for me because I wasn't actually allowed to play the games. So it was like this total forbidden uh, fruit, really? which is, explains a lot now. <laughs> well, it, like, uh, my girlfriend, she doesn't have a psychology degree, but like just a major in UX and human-computer interaction, I believe, was the, pro- what the program was called to figure out how people can better access the right aspect of a program or software. 
which is psychology in a sense. So, okay. hey, look at that. Look what you did. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, you know what Ruby would say to that. What? Go Team Ruby! <laughs> yeah. I love having sounds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bringing a rep back around to the game. I, I played this some. Um, it's, it's like 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, has really good reviews on Steam. Uh, less good reviews mm. on like Metacritic, but mm. uh, it is a slightly floaty but uh, fun, like just kind of button mashy brawler. Mm. It is multiplayer online, so that's definitely a plus. Um, but anyway, we yeah. should probably move on to something a little more recognizable. Number four. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that gave me kind of nightmares. All right, uh, but um, Streetman X Mega Fighter. Streetman yes. X Mega Fighter. This was the Great. coolest thing that I was tangentially involved you, in. You can't call it Mega Man Cross Street Fighter because then it would be like Mega Man X Street Fighter. Mega Man X Street and Fighter. And people be like, he already had the Hadouken in that one game. Mm. So, yeah. so th- wait, it's actually what's the official name for Street Fighter Cross X Mega, Mega Man. Man. Cross okay. Mega Man. Yeah. Uh, this was really exciting. Um, yeah, it was developed by a uh, Singaporean guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm probably going to watch the man. name. Uh, Seo Zong Hui? Hui? Mm-hmm. I, I'm terrible. Uh, he has, you uh, can just go by a, Mega Man naming conventions and just call him Singaporean Man. No, sure. he, has a, he has a nickname you like <laughs> to go by. I forget what it is now. It's been too long. Oh. But why don't you go look up Mega Street Fighter Cross Mega Man yeah. interview, and that's me. Really, <laughs> the one doing the talk. I made. If you, have you seen the trailer for this? Uh, no, I just played the game. Millions of people did, and I made that myself. I, oh no, I do remember the trailer because yeah. I was at the event where they unveiled it. And yes, like the Street the, Fighter yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, competition. But yeah, it was the story was this dude just went up to the the vice president of the company, handed him a disc, and like I made this. Yeah, at Evo. At Evo, and he and you know on occasion someone actually pops that in, and he just. Reach back mm-hmm. out to him like this is awesome. Uh, you violated a lot of copyright laws, <laughs> but this is awesome. You're going to jail, but good news, you can develop the game while you're in there. <laughs> and it just the idea came about that like it was Mega Man's 25th anniversary, so like put a producer on the project and refine it a little bit and turn it into its own game. Brett like play tested the shit out of it, ton, ton of notes. I had a lot less to do with it, mm-hmm. except that amazing trailer. <laughs> I think as for anything I've ever made on the internet, that has the most views on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Brett Spritz's name, when I started looking into this, mm-hmm. I noticed he was specifically mentioned in the uh, the Wikipedia article. Mm-hmm. So Because, like, uh, you know, it was, it was something Capcom USA sort of spearheaded in, like, since no one was going to charge for it, like, we kind of had to put ourselves... Everybody had to put themselves out there and kind of, like, sing the praises of the thing. Because there was no money to be made off of it. It was just, uh, like, the guy... I think I remember a figure, but I don't want to say it. But mm-hmm. there... He got paid, and, like, it was turned into a game relatively quickly, came in on the anniversary, and, you know, there was some people who bitched and moaned because it wasn't on their consoles, but it was a free PC and Mac yeah. game, and pretty great. With well, a- if your PC can turn on, you can probably play this game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was... He didn't have a license to produce games for, for consoles, no. and Capcom's like, well, if we did this, we'd have to charge for it. No, this is actually where I get to learn about how much it costs to put something on a console, and oh. I can't imagine a world where it becomes worth it, given how much stuff <laughs> costs on PS3 and 360 at the time. Make the money back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just that I mean, six-figure submission yeah. fee. Like, has anybody uh, else got that? Mm, um, yes. Did you ever have a chance to play this, Teresa? No, but it sounds cool. pretty it's cool. It's so freaking hard. Yeah, it's, it's a Mega Man game where just the bosses, instead of like a dumb man and stupid man and out of ideas man, <laughs> were, the, were the Street Fighter characters. 
Uh, and it was amazing. They all had their move sets and yeah. exclusive sprites. Where so, they did. Some of them even had the, the sounds. Yeah. You can, can kind of hear the Hadoukens through there. Yeah. Yep. Or like uh, Chun-Li here. It's amazing how those those translate really well to just leaps. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's so, just yeah. like for for people like us who are old and uh, played these games for years and yeah. years, like that that the sound patterns are just burned into our minds yeah. to the point where like yeah we hear a bunch of beeps that sound yeah. roughly the same cadence. It's like oh yeah. I know what that's supposed to be. Yeah. If I ever become like a prize fighter, I'm gonna yell the name of every move <laughs> I do. Yeah. Until the audience is doing along with me. Right hook. Actually, right hook. Fall down. Fall down. Sweat. Sweat. But Balrog was actually the one of the few people who didn't say what he was doing when he was doing it. Oh. See? You gotta learn for the best, man. Alright. He didn't have a move called My Fight Money? I'm punching you. I'm punching you. I'm punching you. I have no kicks. I can only jump and punch. It was was really cool, and I I sort of, like, I think everybody wanted to see it uh, come to consoles and get, like, a big push. I think... You're sort of waiting for like one of the more the first party to come to the table and like will you help finance this? And I don't know if this is ever on the table, but I wanted it to be where it just there would it, there'd be an actual fighting game in here with the sprites, oh, so you could actually because they had their move sets in there, they did, yeah. and like it was just a matter of mapping them to the inputs everybody already knows, and that you could actually have a little eight bit Street Fighter fighting game. In fact. Why don't you just rip the game open and do it, Internet? Just do it. <laughs> what are you doing? Take a take a page from Teresa. Just make. It. Just don't don't ask permission. Get just off get Reddit for a day. Make this game. <laughs> she did ask permission. Oh, that's right. That's right. She had permission. Details. You did have permission, right? Yeah. Okay, thank God. Thank God. I don't want to get sued. Right. Well, if anyone gets what this next one is, I will be super impressed. Number three. Anybody? Mm. So this is this is an ancient, ancient uh, Max Shareware game. Uh, the series is called Escape Velocity, and the games that we're going to talk about specifically are its sequels, Override and Nova. So if if you've never played oh Escape Velocity, uh, it was sort of like those old games like Starflight, a little bit like Star Control Two, mm-hmm. where it's top down and you are a spaceship captain, mm-hmm. and you can jump from system to system. And what you do is pretty much up to you. You start out in a crappy little shuttle, mm-hmm. and that has very small cargo space and almost no guns. Mm-hmm. And uh, you s- buy things cheap, sell them at more expensive elsewhere. Eventually, you earn enough to get better and better ships. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a storyline that you can uh, pursue or ignore. In the first game, it was just, hey, rebellion or confederation. Who are you going to side with? And whoever you side with, the other people won't like you so much. And when you go into their systems, they'll start attacking you. Um, or you can just, like, I'm going to hunt pirates, or I'm going to be a pirate, or mm-hmm. I'm going to amass a giant fleet of powerful ships and go around... Uh, Defeating the fleets of individual planets so I can demand tribute from them. Yeah, is there a modern equivalent to shareware? At uh, this point, just a demo or? Uh, that's a good question. I guess just games that are put out for free. Yeah. And demos. 
But uh, yeah, I just I guess I, the physical media aspect is what I'm remembering yeah. of like yeah. going into class and someone's ruined the shop <laughs> teacher's computer uh, with with the Wolfenstein well, level. I think shareware was also kind of a way to do digital distribution before yeah. it was really widely a thing. Like people are like, well, why should I pay for downloads? It's like, well, here have the game, and if you like it, maybe give us some money. Mm. And we'll unlock some features. <laughs> and I remember official shareware eventually showing up on shelves in like oh, yeah. the Comp USA. <laughs> so this was this was uh, Mac only for a while, which is mm-hmm. part of the reason it's super obscure. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the cool things about it was that it was super easy to mod. Like if you just oh. had like some basic tools, and so there was a huge mod community, uh, and. Apparently, the, the first wave of mods was not very impressive uh, because enter a student named Peter Cartwright who was studying uh, Russian and Serbo-Croat in Nottingham yeah. uh, in is the that, UK. Is that good? Yeah, no, that's perfect. Serbo-Croat? I, yeah. <laughs> I like, very nice. We all know the accent. Come on. But, uh, and he, he said, like, oh, I expected there to be, like, a huge... Thing of like people just creating entirely new games and narratives based mm-hmm. on this, but there wasn't. So I decided to make one, and he built this whole universe and narrative, and mm-hmm. like with a bunch of different factions that you could side with. And uh, at some point, Ambrosia, the publisher, uh, saw it and saw that it was getting some attention, and was like, "Hey, you know what? That's pretty good. Uh, I think we will turn this into a full game. In fact, it's going to be." We're going to develop it as the next is the sequel to Escape Velocity, mm. um, and it's going to have a massively deep uh, storyline wow, for really? a game that sounds like this. <laughs> sounds sounds like a classic arcade yeah. game with like some canned sound effects. A game that sounds like a nineteen eighty seven eleven. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. So so they so the person who made the game was con- the company officially. Officially released it as the sequel? Yes. Wow. And it didn't stop there because then uh, there was a, a company in Tasmania called Atmos. Wait, that's the, a real country? That's yes. just a cartoon character? Well, it's, it's, I think it's, it's a state in Australia okay. or a province. I'm not sure how they do their divisions over there. I'll have to watch Young Einstein again. Yes, yes. <laughs> good thing it's that. really good. But you want to take a break right now? Yes, please. Yes. <laughs> Great Southern Land. But uh, so there was this company called Atmos. It was eight people, and they started doing their own total conversion with a new storyline and even bigger uh, more mystical in places storyline and uh, they called it uh, Escape Velocity Nova and once again Ambrosia came in and said hey we like this a lot Uh, that's going to be the storyline for our next game and they you know to be fair it's not like they just copy pasted onto their existing game especially Mm -hmm. for Nova like they created a whole new engine Uh, it looked a lot better than the previous games and it was available for Windows Mm -hmm. um which, in theory, should mean everyone should be able to play this. Yeah. Unfortunately, it doesn't really work well on current builds of Mac OS or uh, Windows. Would but... like right now from yeah. 20 years ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. well, I think the last one was like in 2000, oh, maybe okay. a little later. So, you know, it's old. It's not super ancient. Mm. But, uh, yeah, the... There, there are like some spiritual successors now that you can you can track down mm-hmm. if you like uh, N A E V, which is not another escape velocity. Um, so yeah, if you're if any of this sounds interesting to you, maybe go track one of those. <laughs> well, I, I just I wanted to do Endless something. Endless Sky, I think, is another one. Well, it's an honor to the idea, and 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 Teresa over here just 
we don't do a lot of stuff that involves the development of a game. And I don't know. It's I always like demystifying that for people because I know enough about it now to know that I can't really do it. I don't have the patience uh, mm. or the math skills mm. or the artistic talent <laughs> to go in and make a game, but like to demystify the process for folks yeah. and this how I don't know the seed of an idea can be become something official relatively quickly. Yeah. There's there's unfortunately not, not a whole lot of uh, background on how mm. this went down. Like uh, for example, Peter Cartwright. Uh, there's like one interview with him that I found, which I suspect he might have conducted himself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's one of those where... Why are you so amazing, Peter? Yeah, it's like, oh, well, I... Uh, That's when a the, great question, B. Like, first question is, do, excuse me, sir, do you have an appointment? And Peter, he's like, when the revolution comes, no man will need an appointment. And like, That's... oh, you're so precious. <laughs> that sounds amazing. You're so adorable, <laughs> aren't you? Why am I? I mean, why are you such a great game developer? Uh, your game is the momentum of a runaway freight train. <laughs> oh well, I, the, thank you for indulging my little uh, dip into obscurity. I'm gonna move on to something. No, I, I swear to God, I love this kind of stuff. Huh? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. shareware. It's totally. <laughs> Who remember shareware? You remember shareware? Yeah. Your mom was hiding it from you. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's the enemy. <laughs> that's mom won't shareware. <laughs> There's no way. No, Teresa, finish your vegetables. You don't get to play Sim Ant. <laughs> <laughs> Were you a fan of Sim Ant? No, no. <laughs> was, that even, was that even a Maxis game? Yeah, it was. You think so? Yeah. Okay, okay, just checking. You're nodding your head, Teresa. Is that true? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, a, a lot of people are fans. Yeah. I just, I okay. missed that one. What, what Sim games were you a fan of? I mean, SimCity, The Sims, stuff like that. The classics. Yeah. I always wonder if, they're, if someone will ever release the, if Nintendo will release The SimCity. Because hey. I... I grew up with a PC. I want to write a letter every day about that. SimCity <laughs> on SNES, where you can play, where Bowser destroys your town. Yeah, that, and that like I grew That's up with amazing. a PC one, and the holy crap! Did you do you ever lose your key to like what was that thing called? Like you were playing SimCity, and you had this giant map with yeah. letters that corresponded to blocks that you had to put in every time mm-hmm. you played the game oh, to authenticate. Copy it. protection. Yeah, the copy protection thing, and I lost mine, and we had uh. to like we had to like put out like. A neighborhood flyer. Does anybody else have SimCity in a scanner? <laughs> I remember when they started printing them on really dark paper so yeah. you couldn't just Xerox them. Yeah. Oh, that was so insane. Oh, man. Anyway. DRM speaking... through the ages. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Speaking of being old. Number two. Who knows uh, this Zelda. <laughs> no, I know this one. Yeah, of course you do, because it's... Honey, don't you know, I'm more than Pac-Man with a bow. <laughs> I, forgot, I forgot how sassy the original Miss <laughs> yeah, Pac-Man was. from that ancient Atari 2600 commercial. Wow. Yeah, but all those weird iterations of Miss Pac-Man where she's leggy. Yeah, so... <laughs> well, that actually has a weird precedent in it the does. game's design, because Ms. Pac-Man, mm-hmm. which everyone now knows and loves, be- mm-hmm. became or began life as... Uh, an unlicensed mod called Crazy Auto. Yeah. And it was like this... Hey, like if you've ever... Hey, I'd like to get black too. <laughs> if you've ever seen it, Crazy I... Auto is basically Pac-Man with legs yep. that moves more smoothly than a Pac-Man character should. It's about four frames of animation when mm-hmm. I think Pac-Man is usually like two or three. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it moseys uh, around this maze, and it's it's essentially Ms. Pac-Man, as we know it. They just changed the character later on. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was uh, a conversion kit for Pac-Man arcade machines that was created by a company 
called General Computing Company, or GCC. Yeah, well, correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember the origins being that Pac-Man was selling so well, but Namco wasn't really working on a successor. Right. And someone's like... Like, like everybody really wanted a sequel. Yeah. Uh, Bally Midway, the distributor, wanted a sequel. In this arcade, we can't buy any more of Mm Pac-Man. Give us another kind of Pac-Man. And these guys wanted a sequel, so they decided to make one. Mm -hmm. Uh, The problem is, around the time that uh, they were finishing up... uh, development of crazy auto mm-hmm. they uh had to settle a lawsuit with atari because they were selling similar conversion kits for missile command mm. for super missile command what dave's scariest game and yes. so <laughs> they explosions are scary for a kid yeah. <laughs> so atari sued them they had to settle part one of the conditions of the lawsuit was that they could not sell conversion kits without the blessing mm. of the original maker of the game so they go to Valley Midway, the American distributor, they pitched Crazy Auto and like, here, put this out as the sequel to Pac-Man. And mm-hmm. Valley Midway was like, okay. And uh, so they, they worked together to create a more Pac-Man-like character. Ended up with, uh, it, like, there, there's a, a talk of this guy at California Extreme, mm-hmm. which is a yearly show. Yeah, and I, and I, I want to say I played Crazy Auto, but I think last two years ago they just whipped up a fake crazy auto cabinet mm-hmm. with the original code spit in and yeah you could like play it as if it had come out yeah that was pretty cool yeah but uh this guy gave a gave a talk about it and talking about like yeah they started out with like it was going to be first pac-man then super pac-man then uh miss pac-man mm-hmm. and then like oh well th- we have these cut scenes where pac-man meets miss pac-man and they have a kid so that's not right where these two dots breathe <laughs> yeah. please enjoy it Actually, it was originally going to be Pac-Woman, and they just like, well, that doesn't roll off the tongue, so Miss Pac-Man. Then, it's not very empowering. Then Kid, so Mrs. Pac-Man, and like, oh, we don't really like Mrs. Pac-Man. How about Ms. Pac-Man? Ms. Pac-Man. Uh, Wasn't Ms. is ambiguous? Or, or not? A, I forget. Ms. is ambiguous. Ms. is basically none of well, your Well, you're also spoiling the end of the story. Like, oh, my they bad, meet, my bad. And then they fall in love. <laughs> yeah. If you say misses, then you've spoiled the end. That's true. But I'm still That's looking true. for Roger. <laughs> Dave, you get a power-up sound. Thank you. So weird. I feel like it's not part of my nostalgia. That still does it for me. Yeah. yeah. Well, at least they're still making new Pac-Man games. Like uh, Pac-Man The Championship Edition, I just saw yeah. the physical version in stores for like $15. With, like, the original Dig Dugs, Galaga, yeah. and Pac-Man. I'm like, I almost bought it, except I had Championship Edition. I yeah. love Championship Edition. Mm. 56 ain't bad, either. Yeah, yeah well, the thing was... Uh, now, uh, accounts differ on this, mm-hmm. but the official record seems to state that they did this without the involvement or knowledge of Namco. Aww. So, uh... <laughs> although, the, the creator, again, at his talk, said that they did do it with Namco, and, in fact, the... Uh, the director of Pac-Man like had a bunch of input onto mm-hmm. the the character design of what Ms. Pac-Man should look like. Put the bow uh, on it. Yeah. I'm done. But so this this all ended up with another legal battle that She's ended got with rouge like and a bow and eyelashes that oh, checks yes, all the yes. girl box and, <laughs> and like a, a beauty mark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> originally oh that was the thing that originally she had like red hair. And the the Namco guy was like, "Nah, let's do it without the red hair. Just let's save that Pac Man face with the bow. We'll yeah. Give him hair, red hair." <laughs> so uh, yeah, and it ended up with like a dispute where like, well, GCC wanted royalties and Bally wanted royalties, and Namco's like, "No, I want all the royalties because mm-hmm. this is ours." 
But um, I, I guess they, they managed to have it so that it was paid out amicably, and uh, GCC apparently went on to do like 58 different other things for Namco Bandai yeah. and Bally Midway. And Atari. So, it, But it never got... And I, I can't speak with a lot of authority. I just I believe Miss Pac-Man may have outsold the original Pac-Man. Probably. I mean, it's a much better game. It's a much better game. What it, was it at again? It's like more mazes. Uh, mm-hmm. What else? Like, but it actually like, it changes well, the board yeah, a lot. It's four yeah. mazes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes it so that you can't do like pattern play. Mm-hmm. So uh, you can't like always follow the same patterns for each maze and win. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is... Uh, it's the only other good... Because as a someone trying his whole life to find baby Pac-Man again, hmm. when I finally mm-hmm. did, I'm like, man, this sucks. Yeah. And, but it's it's one of those things that also is like, oh, Namco, Bandai, or I, it was just Namco, was Namco at the Namco, time. Yeah, yeah. Namco uh, wasn't really involved in mm-hmm. the creation of it, but now that's part of the Pac-Man canon. It's it indispensable, and it's always, you know, it, it's been put out officially by Namco in a bunch of different you ways. You know what since they then. were involved with and had every and signed off on completely. The Hanna-Barbera cartoon, yeah. which is a goddamn disgrace. <laughs> oh, God. It makes me mad every time I think about it. Pac-Man with his uh, cigarette, two <laughs> cigarettes a day voice. <laughs> Pac-Man, kids, please love me. <laughs> we did a Retronauts in the Christmas special last year. It, <laughs> I don't know, it tickled me if that didn't, it didn't make me so mad, that entire <laughs> Christmas hey, special. Hey, Miss Pac-Man, get what? me some power pellets and cigarettes. Santa Claus, <laughs> who's he? What's Christmas? Let's <laughs> save them. This is dumb. This is dumb. <laughs> You can't do this in 20 minutes. Learn about Christmas and Santa. And and Santa gets a cold. Why does Santa get a cold? It takes more than 20 minutes to learn about Santa. Uh, Does Pac-Man not eat snowflakes like their power pellets? They eat power pellets. But they don't eat snowflakes. Like that... It writes itself. No, they, they I go just to, came up with They that. go to a farm that grows pack pellets and feed them to the reindeer, which undoes their cold. The reindeer right. get a cold Wait, right. so they're on Christmas. factory yeah. farmed power pellets? Yes. I've changed my mind about yes. this game completely. Where do power pellets it. even come from? Did trees, they ever according, according, oh, according right, to the yes. idiots at Hanna-Barbera. Of course, of course. Sorry, Teresa, I have a Hanna-Barbera <laughs> vendetta. I need to move past at some, some point in my life. All right. Well, let's move on. Is 1.6. Yeah. This Teresa, is definitely... you know what this is, right? Counter-Strike. Uh, it's Counter-Strike, but I, what made you decide on this? Because I just proposed, like, this being an all-encompassing Valve Award. Well, I, th- I think uh, Counter-Strike is especially important. Uh, it was... Like, there, there had been other mods for Half-Life that took off in big ways. For real. But this one got, like, so huge that, like... Well, this wasn't on TV now. Yeah. It's well, cool. I mean, it... Like, there, there's a, a really good documentary on YouTube that not mm-hmm. enough people have watched that Valve put out. Mm-hmm. It's Counter-Strike A Brief History. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, it has, like, Doug Lombardi saying that, like, uh, you know, we we know we were watching the numbers. And, like, one night, 8,000 people were playing. The next night, 16,000 people were playing. Like, clearly something's uh, going on here. We need to work with these guys. But the main reason that Counter-Strike specifically is important as I'll let this clip featuring uh, Duncan Shields and Duke, or Doug Lombardi say. Not only do I have to download it, which will take me many hours, Patches. but the download speed's going to go a lot slower because there was no Steam. So as a result, everyone in the world is now trying to download that one patch from that one server. You know, that was really the genesis of the idea for Steam, was to wow. figure out how could we automatically update all these folks. I can't yeah. believe I was, I was there for this. Huge Counter-Strike player from... 
version 0.4 uh, through all the iterations. What like I I bought Half Life not because I wanted to play Half Life because I mm-hmm. because I bought my own PC to play Counter Strike and not use my friends, uh, and I had you couldn't play it without Half Life. You had to have Half Life to get that mm-hmm. code to then run the mod off of, and then like one version one is where they started selling it in stores. Yeah, so I'm in way before that, and by the time Steam came out, it was it was. If you look at my Steam account, it's like, congratulations on, like, 18 years. Because, like, hmm. all of a sudden, overnight, like, you got to use Steam to use Counter-Strike. And it didn't work for, like, a fucking year. And everybody was livid and finding ways to crack it and get around it. And it just, it, it really seems bizarre. Steam, I didn't think about Steam again for another three years after we bypassed it. I feel yeah. like you're waiting to play a sound effect. <laughs> but, but it, like, eventually, like, because I think Steam gained further legitimacy because that's of how they released... Half-Life 2 after that but that it started mm-hmm, with yeah. ca- it, it started as a way to like organize servers and and uh, I, I think some cheat authentication and to mm. to update games uh, at the same at, at, a, at a good pace update servers at a good pace um, for Counter-Strike alone and I, I would say Counter-Strike's the most important I was only throwing out like Valve and Portal which yeah. was another yeah, fan Nar- game yeah, Narbacular Draw yeah. Left 4 Dead oh, another fan game Dota uh, 2. Team Fortress. And Team Fortress. Team Fortress Classic was a sequel to a fan mod. Like, they're all things that Valve eventually embraced and started to support financially and, you know, with their, with, with their own PR teams. And that's it's all really neat stories, but nothing, I guess nothing overshadows Counter-Strike. No. Nope. But it's still, one. it's still... Everybody just going... Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah this, is def- this is definitely pre-source. But yeah. Th- this is, um, that it's, I think, how long ago was it released? I got, I bought a computer in like 2000, 2000... Yeah, pre nine eleven. It was it was released commercially in two thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, There's so even an Xbox original. Yep, I bought that awful game. Um, but yeah, the original uh, the original Counter Strike mm-hmm. mod was just created by these two students, yeah. uh, Minlay and Jess Cliff. They got in way over their heads, and we would yeah. like read all these blogs like, "Where are you going to fix this? Bring back Nuke!" And like, "We're two unpaid people." <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, and then, yeah, eventually Valve helped out, and it started everything started to get a lot more consistent and uh, a lot more refined. Mm-hmm. It was just—I I don't know—I'm just actually really happy that I'm, I didn't think yeah. it'd be at the beginning there of one. There were also like hundreds of maps that yeah. were put out like immediately in those first few years, mm-hmm. and like, dude, the, people start playing Dust and Dust Two and Train, yeah. and, like right now, and, and never stop. That's yeah. pretty much all they play, from yeah, what I understand. I, I Nuke—I don't think Nuke made it back in, but uh, and they don't do VIP emissions anymore, I would imagine, but. It's really cool to be a part of this from the beginning, um, and and see it like that. It's how old is a seventeen year old game basically, and it's the top in the top three things played on Steam every weekend in mm. twenty seventeen. Wow. That's insane. Mm. That's absolutely insane. And of course, there's an in game economy and all that that ended up being added, but that's not how it grew. And it ended up <laughs> Counter Strike mm. ended up refining digital uh, downloads mm. for PC games. Strangely enough. Uh, does anybody else use anything other than Steam? I don't know. Like, maybe there's a better service out there. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Origin, Uplay. Uh, oh, yeah, definitely. We're all oh, Origin yeah, yeah. fans. Mm-hmm. We're all big Origin fans here. Oh, yeah. Is your mom working on Origin, Teresa? No. <laughs> I just want to say that before I threw on Origin on the bus. Might be in game deals this week. Who knows? So anyway, yeah, that's that's our top five. Um, Get out there and make a game. Yeah, do it. Maybe you'll maybe you'll hit the big times, like yeah. Teresa. Yeah, yeah, hit the big time, Teresa. How, is there... Is there one program someone could get right now that makes developing games a little easier. Unity, Unity is a great, right? yeah, it's a yeah. great tool. 
Yeah, I've been meaning to mess around with that. We were messing around with Unreal for a while, and we were way over mm-hmm. our heads. Oh, man. <laughs> well, Ruby Grim Eclipse was developed in Unity over a period of five Ooh. months, so... Uh, I made a tree in Unreal! Happy endings! <laughs> it's Yeah, everything I made in the Unreal Engine when Tyler and I were trying it was the equivalent of someone... Uh, the the art a five-year-old makes you put yeah. on a fridge. It's very good that you tried that. <laughs> it's... It's very, very good. have to start somewhere. have to start it's somewhere. It's very good. The tree doesn't move, I but made, this ball does. <laughs> I, I made a triangle that falls immediately through the environment. <laughs> That's why I created a game called uh, Spike Drop. Yes. Spike <laughs> Drop. That's not a template yeah. game. Right? The wall moves, but the tree doesn't. It's surrealism. <laughs> yeah, no, there's a certain appeal to, yeah. <laughs> to that stuff. Don't encourage me. It's just, artisanal. Just, exactly. Yeah. Keep keep going along that route. You'll eventually have the next unfinished swan. Exactly. <laughs> Is that English? Unfinished swan. Thing. Unfinished swan. Yeah. Bray Wyatt's pants. Hmm. It's a reference <laughs> for no one. <laughs> All right. I like it. So we're going to take a little break. When we come back, we'll talk about some new releases, some news, some other stuff. Stay tuned. Well, it's the beat, man, baller, triple threat, with the vertical hops and nothing but net. Rolling like a boss, coast to coast, and a youth to the hoop net. Howdy, folks. I hope you're resting easy. I know how you could rest easier with today's sponsor, Casper Mattresses. That's right, Casper Premium Mattresses. And uh, those of you interested in shopping for a new mattress can go to caspertrial.com slash laser time and get 50 bucks towards any new mattress. That's a big deal because uh, if you don't know what Casper is, they're these awesome mattresses that combine high-density memory and premium latex foam to create a sleep surface that contours to your body and keeps you cool and balanced throughout the night. Furthermore, uh, it's cheaper than any other mattress in town. You go to a big box store, you're going to pay up to thousands of dollars for a new mattress. That's not how Casper does it. They've innovated all things in the science of sleep, and part of that is cutting out the middleman to save you a little money. Actually, that's a lot of money, because Casper mattresses come in twin to California King, and they start at just $500. If you are in the market for a new mattress, why not consider Casper? Casper offers a risk-free 100-night trial. If you don't like it, Casper will send a courier over to pick it up and dispose of it, and you'll get a complete refund as if nothing ever happened at all. That's 100 nights to try a Casper mattress for nothing, essentially, if you, if you don't like it. But if you want to save even more money on a mattress, you can go to caspertrial.com slash laser time and get 50 bucks towards any new mattress. Thank you, Casper. You like Laser Time shows? Then you might like Bonus Time, Laser Time's weekly bonus show exclusively on Patreon.com slash Laser Time. Here's a taste of what you've been missing. Uh, Wait, the one last thing I did, it was really dumb. I've left the house a mess. My girlfriend's done all the cooking and grocery shopping. She bought me a record player for Christmas, and right, we plugged in the fucking amp receiver blue. I may not be able to handle the cooking. I'll find a fucking receiver. Went to Best Buy um, to buy her La La Land, and then I walked by the open box section. I'm like... Oh god, I've been researching receivers for like two <laughs> weeks. That that's open box. These things run like yeah. three fifty, four fifty. 
That's $130. And I'm looking around like, someone's going to steal this from me. <laughs> like, like I got to get this open box item. What? Sir, what's wrong with Trampoline. this? What, what happened? He's Trampoline. like, <laughs> that's what I was like. Like, what's wrong with this? How could this be $130? And, and he's like, uh, someone scratched a swastika yeah, into the top of it. I but, wish he uh, would have told me because I still have no idea. I'm yeah. like, well, fuck that shit. And I'm like, fucking proud of myself doing victory laps. $130. <laughs> I saved 300 bucks. Man, this thing hurts to hold. <gasps> oh, my fuck. I'm on a bike. <laughs> I'm on a bike holding a brand new expensive uh, receiver that's heavy as shit with like its motherboard soldering is poking through the bottom and like hurts oh. to hold and I'm like I'm on a bike what the fuck am I supposed to do <laughs> get bonus time laser times weekly full length uncensored and ad free patreon exclusive podcasts as well as full length movie commentaries wrestling and cartoon video commentaries the first season of talking simpson and more at patreon.com slash laser time starting at just five bucks you'll help us live and we'll do our best to help you never be bored again And we're back. Let's just jump right in with... One new release I definitely want to talk about, again, is Race for the Galaxy, <laughs> which it came out a couple weeks Teresa ago, Teresa slipped right? him a note. No, it came out like uh, the fourth, right? Yeah, it was the third. Huh? Third. All right, so yeah, Stupid it is this iOS. week. Accurate. Yeah, this week. Is this week? Last week. Yeah, it's you're my right, birthday, you're right. dang it. It's Dave's birthday. I'm bad with Dave's dates. Birthday. I'm the opposite of Brett Elston. <laughs> but it's also it also gets wacky when you're trying to judge game release dates, which now are like officially Tuesday through Friday. There are, there are three days that uh-huh. games are three or four days now that games release. On. It's a week long party yes, every week. Yes, it is. But iOS and Android. Yeah. Yeah, and you're gonna give us some codes to give away. Sure thing. Uh, <laughs> so like if, but it's in terms of board games, is there something? people could compare it to if they knew board games but didn't know Race for the Galaxy? Yes. There's a game called San Juan, and San Juan has a similar mm. role-choosing role mechanic, and a Race sort of ran with that. But makes it intergalactic. Intergalactic. Yeah. <laughs> and, they, and I really like your sci-fi pants, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is, is this, are they picking up on Mike? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. We can all hear them. <laughs> uh, you can't confirm they're, they're not portal pants. Uh, no. Come on. They're Star Wars. No, oh, yeah. They just had it. Oh, your game released Star Wars Day. The yeah. day before Star Wars Day. It did. It's the fourth. It's what oh, the wait. iOS says. Oh, okay. And you're the third? On May 3rd. May 3rd. So we will have one iOS and one Android code to give away. Uh, we'll have details in the community segment. One Windows phone. That's where. Okay. Yep. That's no. where no, one no. Zune in honor of uh, <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> He's got the last Zune in existence. <laughs> Uh, so, new releases out this week. Uh, Birthdays is the Beginning, which is kind of an odd game by the creator of Harvest Moon. That uh, whoa, really? Yeah, it looks very like it looks like Minecraft with dinosaurs, but it's really a game about world building and trying to evolve different species to move the story along. Wow, um, the creator of Harvest Moon? Yes, man, this has yeah. been around then. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah, uh, but. Uh, Local Roco Remastered also, ah. for those of you who remember the 11-year-old PSP game. One of the few games like controlled primarily with shoulder buttons? Yes. Yeah. Where you're you're not actually controlling the main characters, you're just tilting the world left and right. I, to, I know my monkey ball. To roll blobs <laughs> around <laughs> that sing constantly. It is. It was, it was adorable at the, yes. at the time. Mm-hmm. What's that I out on? Uh, PS4. What else? PS4. Yeah. 
Yeah. The I can see those adorable blobs in 4K. Exactly. 4K. <laughs> 4K. 4K. Uh, let's see, Dave, you wanted to talk about NBA Playground. Yeah. No, we both did. Yeah. No, so, just Dave. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, we streamed it the other day. It's uh, a two-on-two basketball game, very reminiscent of NBA Jam. Uh, you know, from the from the nineties, NBA Street, from the two thousands, it's kind of a sorely needed game because, like, all they, the only NBA game you can buy nowadays is NBA Two K. Enter your number here, which is very complicated. I had, a, I had a conversation this weekend with a guy who the only game he plays is NBA Two K. Wow! I'm like, tell me about it. I'm like, too. That seems incomprehensible. <laughs> what? Wow. Uh, but yeah, like we played it. It's very simple. And if you've played NBA Jam, it it's one of those things. It's like getting back on a bike. Yeah. Like you, you'll you'll remember. Oh yeah, turbo button. Uh, dunking dunk, from uh, dunking almost from, half court. Yes, dunking from the three point <laughs> line. Uh, if you do well enough, you unlock. In this game, is called lottery, mm-hmm. which is just it's being on fire in NBA Jam, where it's like you do well enough, you unlock yeah, a bonus different. thing that lets you. Do something like you get an audit, like your next shot automatically lands, or if you shoot from this spot on the court, you get extra points, or your opponent has less time to shoot the ball. Mm-hmm. It's very simple. Um, it's a little I, I I don't like the unlock system in it because mm-hmm. NBA Jam it was like you could pick pick from every team, and it yep. was great as a kid in the '90s who was like I like basketball a little bit. But I like Fresh Prince and the President even more. Yes, you could unlock them. That was really neat. But no, like with NBA Jam, it was like every team had two players. Mm-hmm. So it would tell you immediately, if you didn't like basketball, these are the two best guys in every team. So if you want to start oh. watching NBA and cheering for teams, like those are the two guys. That's except right. for the Bulls. Chicago they, Bulls, Horace Grant, baby. Yeah, because they couldn't get Michael Jordan, obviously. <laughs> but So the way that this game works is that it's all like via... Um, Card packs. Yes. So, Grotesquely caricaturized yes. NBA players well, from, from throughout NBA, the entire yeah. history of the NBA. Well, yeah. I mean, they, it's like who they could afford. Like, Michael Jordan is not in the game. I'm, I'm Magic sure. Johnson is. He is. I don't think uh, Kobe Bryant, I don't think he's in the game. So, but anyway, so it starts out, you get like three packs to start the game. Mm-hmm. So it's random people, and I haven't, you know, watched the NBA and probably. Religious, like at with any you know regular devotion for like probably the last decade because I'm a Knicks fan and the Knicks have sucked since like the early 2000s mm-hmm. and you just get these random people and once in a while you'll get somebody you remember from the 90s or the 80s. Try to you, kick my ass with John Stockton. Doc, John Stockton and mm-hmm. and Larry Johnson, who I thought you knew, he was Grandmama. He was in those commercials where he drew he dressed up as an old lady and did it's, dunks. It was the funniest thing. I think that's the only thing I remember. Yeah. I didn't remember that being an actual basketball player. Yeah. So, but yeah, the the way it works is you're unlocking packs with players in them. So when you say Larry Johnson, I just think like an unholy fusion of Larry Bird and Dr. J, the original yes. one-on-one. Yeah, Dr. J. <laughs> is Manute Bowl in the game? Uh, I don't think he is. <laughs> He's. I think he'd be too tall to render in the game. But uh, yeah, so you're unlocking characters and you don't. You may not know half of them. And you have to mix and match them for your team. It's not like NBA mm-hmm. Jam where you chose like, I choose the Knicks and then I choose these two players on the Knicks. And that only got weird in a one match where we were like the, the wh- jerseys didn't match. Yeah, and so like it just looked like four different color. Well, jerseys. It's, I think it's always player one has white color jerseys and there player was one two match has whatever that color. What didn't quite happen, yeah. and it was like three people looked like they were wearing yeah. all different color jerseys. But it also it exposed my fair weather basketball fandom because it was like 
What team is LeBron, LeBron James, James on? on? Well, it could be one or two. It could be the Cleveland Cavaliers or it could be the Miami Heat. But it's like, which team is a guy I remember from the 90s who was on like four teams? Mm-hmm. Which one? I can't I can't recall like immediately. And that's a little lame. I hope they, they, They're going to patch things in like for... The big one is that it was supposed to come out with online play on the Switch. Switch. Yeah, we played Switch. on Switch. Yeah, so I think if you have PS4 or Xbox One, it's already got mm-hmm. the online play. But Switch doesn't um, because that's a Nintendo and online, but and that's it, what happens. Uh, but it's um, that'll be patching, and hopefully they can patch it in so you can just look at a list of, of players. Because I would much rather have that than going through all the icons for the teams, and they're all like in kind of cut off, and I can't quite tell sometimes. Like, should have paid more. It was one of the the rare streams we had where the developer popped in yeah. to like answer questions, but we were too infatuated with yeah. dunking, dunking on one another. Well, I was reading the chat, and that's when you took advantage. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. what happened. When I, I, when I dominated. That, yes, if you I don't know, that. we do this YouTube thing called Racer Time where you race each other in a game. Last time it was Mario 3 where we play mm-hmm. side-by-side, two Mario yeah. games to see who can play it faster. But this is just, we're going to do head-to-head. So Dave gave me played, ta- played by himself. I taught you everything I know, and then some things I didn't even know I knew. Taught me some stuff. I We played like two minutes of a preliminary round and then played best two out of three. Yeah. And that's But that's how fast I grasped the game, yeah. having played NBA Jam. And like I have it, to say, took, I played it. I was playing it before we... like mm-hmm. That's how much I liked the game. Mm-hmm. We were playing it before we started recording, mm-hmm. and I found that I was better. So it's like <laughs> iron sharpens iron. Like... I still won, I helped though. you. You helped Spoiler, me. YouTube.com slash yeah. laser. That's right there. Along with our parade. Yes. Mm. Like, yeah. Which came out last week, but it came out on a Friday, so we didn't yeah. get to play it really before the, mm. it came out. Or yeah. So I'm oddly a big fan of the original Parade. It's a, really? it, it 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 did a lot of stuff that like Portal did mm-hmm. and other shooters, like if I, if way I, before everyone else did. And this one, it's like it's good. But it's like a stealth game. It's like, well, that Deus Ex kind of does I that. I know it's in. not a stealth game, but I got real. And again, if you, I don't recommend watching our stream, even though we went above, well above the, the Call of Duty, trying to show mm. showcase the game. We showed you the demo we played months ago in two minutes, and then jumped you two hours into the game. And I still got hung up. If I had described Prey, we were trying to figure out like what was what's the core to the original Prey. And it was that it was always fucking with you, and I yeah. was able to refine that in my head. It's like an entire game based on Scarecrow levels from Arkham, where Hell like yeah. your, your head's always being messed in with, and you don't know exactly what's gonna not necessarily jump out at you, but an entire level may spring up underneath your feet, and you don't you'll mm. never know. Uh, and that's to me the, the core of Prey. And I I don't know that we passed the tutorial stage, mm. but we didn't see that. We got a lot of jump scares and then stealth missions. And I'll be honest. I thought we were jumping ahead in the game to show you something really cool, not stealth, not being given no weapons, so when, bombarded by um, enemies, and just having to resort to stealth. No weapons? Not even the wrench? Yeah, there's the wrench, but like, you have a stamina meter. If you wave the wrench three times, five, five times, you're winded. Every enemy takes four hits with a wrench to die. So if you miss once... Did you get the glue gun, or is that only in All the out of ammo. Yeah. All out of ammo. Uh, got the gun. Doesn't work on anything. And I know there's there's... It's really like one of those open-ended Bethesda games. Like you could probably find a hatch that takes you outside of the, the walls yeah. and crawl around there, but I didn't find that. Hmm. Instead, I got stuck, stuck on a stream, yeah. well, embarrassing myself. I did like. I haven't really had time to play past the point that I, I like. I finished the the first hour demo. Mm-hmm. Haven't really gotten to that point yet in mm-hmm. the the full game, but mm-hmm. I did kind of appreciate the opportunity to do things a little differently the yeah. second time. For example, that 
room at the beginning where they run you through all the weird tests and you mm -hmm. don't know what the tests are. Like, uh, first time I, like, picked up the chair and uh, tried to, like, crouch behind it next to a window and they're like, oh, we, we can, can see, see you. Morgan. And then the second time I just, like, hid behind the chair and, like, is he hiding behind the <laughs> chair? <laughs> Come on. I think I think there's I, there might not be any other option other than to fail a couple of those tests. Yeah, no, you you had to fail them, but mm -hmm. I also appreciated that like uh, first time things go wrong, you pick up the wrench and like I was like hunting around for a way out and mm -hmm. like smashed this fish tank and like mm -hmm. crawled in through this vent <laughs> in the back and like found my way into the the lab area, mm -hmm. and then the second time mm -hmm. around, I just like took the wrench, smashed through the, yeah. the big uh, view windows in in the apartment. And, Walk directly. I, I feel over like to... we ended up almost getting to something in the stream. Hmm. That's because the reviews. I mean, it got do, cool do, at the end. Like, the, the, the reviews don't reflect my absolute anger, and I'll, I'll cop to being a diva on this. <laughs> that like I was trying to make an entertaining stream, stream yeah. and also I hate stealth missions. And I can't stand them. Hmm. I can't stand these. Sit around and wait, especially when you have no what uh, radar that tells you where anything is, mm -hmm. and you just have to kind of like peek out. Oh, it saw me, because yeah, I yeah. peeked out to look if anything was there. And is it I... possible you missed some weapons that were sitting around? Dave got a weapon early on, and we were told it was a pre-order bonus. Ah, that yeah. you will find the shotgun very early, and that will dispose of enemies a little quicker. Didn't happen in my playthrough. I even went back to the spot where Dave found it, because I have <laughs> the video. I checked the tape. No. Didn't happen for me. Also, like the, the Neuromons, the first time that you mm -hmm. uh, use one, it's like, oh, it's like a little camcorder except it has two gigantic yeah. needles that extend the, i guess past my eyes it's a, it's a, a super 8 camera that connects yeah. to your brain mm -hmm. but, yeah. but again that's why i'll never get lasik <laughs> besides the fact that i don't need it i will these glasses <laughs> they're are not gonna stick needles into your brain oh, they're just that gonna, what they do? i thought it was no they just like shave a little bit off your eye oh that's 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 perfectly <laughs> wow, <Teresa> fine just recoiled <laughs> sign me up <laughs> as as someone who's like has fallen asleep on the couch too many times that my glasses are finally going like full mad scientist tilt and I don't have vision care right now I'm never going to get a new pair please fire all the lasers into my eyes all of them I'm going to go to I'm going to go to an arena concert just to fix my eyes so speaking of eyes Hi. there's a new VR release this week and mm. Teresa you work in VR yes uh, is that something you, you like your company focuses on would you say um yeah we have quite a bit um and, and yes. Yeah. <laughs> what's what's Cannon Brawl? Like I, I've heard that referenced in stuff about you, but I haven't. Cannon Brawl is not a VR game. It's right? not VR. Yeah. Oh, it's not? I'm being I very confusing. Oh, no, I'm Cannon Brawl is before. Cannon Brawl was my game before I got into the VR stuff. Oh, yeah. Okay. What, it, I, I'm dying to get a, a VR headset. Do you have a preferred one that you like to use? Um, there's a whole bunch, and they're good Probably for can't different say reasons. That. <laughs> <laughs> but there, there is a big VR release this week. And uh, for some people, this is a game that oh, they've been wanting a yeah. for to see for a very long time, uh, which is that uh, Jeff Minter, creator of Space Giraffe yeah, and Tempest 2000, game. yeah, mm -hmm. um, decided he would revive an urban legend and create the PS4 or PSVR exclusive Polybius. What? What the hell is Polybius? This? Is an urban legend that like supposedly this game machine showed up. Uh, in Portland in the early 80s and was like way beyond anything else uh, at the time and people who played it uh, went crazy or disappeared and then it, it disappeared and like no records or photographs of it have ever been seen so it's probably just an urban legend mm -hmm. um, almost assuredly but he, he made a VR version and said like yeah this is Polybius and it's, it's a hallucinatory game and uh, I don't really know much about it beyond that <laughs> But I'm going to try it once I have the opportunity. 
Are you are you guys still gonna make some? Are you still focused on VR stuff? Um, yeah. 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 I mean, we. I think VR is super fun to develop. That's for. sort of what I wanted to ask it's you. So about. Fun. Like, you, like wanting ev- to develop VR. Yeah. Every day you you figure something out that no one has figured out ever yeah. before. So yeah. I mean, we, our hope is to make Race for the Galaxy in VR. So. Can yeah, you like cool. make it compatible? Because the one VR headset I do have is the fifteen dollar thing my dad got at TJ Maxx that are two magnifying glasses <laughs> that I have to wear on my face. Yeah. Um, you know what's fun is if you wear one of those without putting your phone in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did that once and like fucked up my eyes. For oh, really? Uh, yeah. Oh, I just Wait, what, look what like happens from the if there's future. no phone in there? Uh, you just get you like a really warped, uh, magnified view of the oh. world around you, and it, it's like instant ice cream. But I bet you looked adorable because your eyeballs look super huge. Exactly. Look, I bet, yeah. like a human, oh. human Bender the robot. Exactly. Ah, <laughs> uh, yep. And put me on keto. What was what not? was the most recent VR game you guys made? Oh, we made Ascension VR, which Ascension is based VR. on another tabletop. Mm. But that Plivia sounds pretty cool. It sounds like a cross between the ring and meets like that one episode of Star Trek where you had like that game. Yes. No, no, no. I know what you're talking about. I'm not a huge Star Trek fan, but I do know that episode. Is it the hologram game? It's no, 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 no. It's the one where they have these like little discs. They have this little like headset that they wear and they, uh, and there's these discs they're trying to get somewhere. And then the headset's actually like a totally nefarious thing that's (laughs) taking over everyone. Ooh. And out now for VR. Yeah, <laughs> go play it. Those of you who have a four hundred dollars, you can PS play a Star VR. Trek game in VR, which is a uh, full circle. That's true. Do you predict yeah. VR prices yet, going down anytime soon, or like the prices of the headsets? Yeah, I yeah. mean technology. Yeah. I know it's just it's just that like I don't know. Some there was some weird Oculus news when like I feel like that hasn't even been available to people yet. It it has a kiosk at Best Buy, but not units hmm. you can purchase. Um, huh. And you're already making layoffs in your entertainment division. Like, what the hell? Like the Gizmondo or something. Nah, I don't want it to be the Gizmondo. Uh, well, Which no, Tyler It, it can't ever be it. the Gizmondo because Gizmondo was a scam. <laughs> but, uh, well, in uh, in non-VR news, Minecraft is coming to Nintendo Switch this week. So Isn't that nuts? That's a no-brainer. Isn't that nuts that, that Microsoft bought that and still is, like, apt to release it on every single viable platform? They, they're leaving money on the table if they don't. Yeah. And I believe, I, I want to say, Wii U... No, one of the it's not a one great of more system. popular games on the Wii. U. I think it was one of the best-selling games in Japan. Wow! Uh, because the Wii U version huh. of Minecraft, and I mean, come on, it has a tablet with it. Of course, mm-hmm. it's going to have some some capabilities other systems don't. But uh, yeah, Minecraft uh, Switch. Yes, man, that was quick. Yeah, that was quick. Oh, speaking of Switch, there was a game that came out last week that mm-hmm. we also streamed. I keep forgetting oh, yeah, the name. Kamiko or. Uh, I think it's called Kamiko. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's on Switch. It's five dollars. Oh yeah, I, I played that. Yeah. And uh, it yeah, it's super like quick. Top down sort of Zelda e. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Zelda e with a little bit of uh, what were you saying? Um, cave story. Yeah, a little cave. The, the, the mm. visuals of cave story. And like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. really good music. There's mm-hmm. only like, like, there's not that many songs, but they're all really good. And like, it's five bucks. It's five bucks, five and bucks. you'll beat it in probably two to three hours. But it like, mm-hmm. you'll really enjoy those two to three hours. Yeah, nice combo system. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. neat puzzles. I got lost. I prayed myself in that game. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about trying to uh, like purify shrine gates, and yeah. then you can move on to the next level. Uh, yeah, it's fun. Uh, Strafe, you were Strafe. playing earlier. Uh, yeah, because it's weird. I don't know. There's a billion pieces of evidence in this show alone that prove that I'm an old man. Mm-hmm. But I'm also not terribly nostalgic for... Uh, what? Quake? Yeah, yeah. Quake sort of shades of Half Life, but it's it's one of those 
like the same way uh, games were delighting in going retro with pixels, this game is delighting in like crude yeah. ass polygons and a Wolfenstein look. At one point, I did ask somebody, like, I'd say to someone, like, I don't understand the point of, like, why, why would you go back to low-poly games? Those things were ugly. And it's like, well, it's the same philosophy as pixel games. It is. Games. It's, it's, like, it's completely retro, but just due to my age, it feels like a weird stage in between realistic mm-hmm. 3D and pixels. And I, I'm, I don't, hanker, I don't uh, hanker for that, but it was... Dude, the tutorial alone. Did you see the tutorial? Yeah, that looked really neat. It's a grainy ass <laughs> Sega CD, some busty lady like explaining this is how you use your control scheme, and it's so gloriously on the nose '90s, done so well. <laughs> I don't know the game. The game it really understands what era it's trying to represent very uh, well. I don't know where they found a Wing Commander filter for their <laughs> uh, Final Cut project because it looks <laughs> wow. it looks really cool. Um, has a little like the menu looks like a tracking meter. It's really neat. Hmm. Uh, but a really, a really, I don't know. It, it, I, I, again, I might not be that nostalgic for it, but it is the game is pulling you back to an era that I kind of forgot about, that I don't romanticize very often. The, my most advanced VCR is what I think of. The last VCR I bought, <laughs> forehead track, man, it's beautiful. <laughs> Automatic so, rewind. Chris, I gotta ask you: Do you what like a, Do you like Forza Horizon Three? I do actually. Do you ever Do you ever sit around thinking? Of the one thing that would make this experience complete. Is the Hot Wheels out? Yes. That looks so cool. <laughs> it looks so cool. Did you see the trailer? No. But, oh, it's, but it's, like, it's like Hot Wheels cars and like those elevated rubber tracks. You're not impressed because your company makes Trackmania. But 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 the idea of like candy colored tracks that look like, you know, the little toy things you'd assemble yourself mm-hmm. with like the authentic dumbass Hot Wheels <laughs> designs, which are great. Like, I love those Hot Wheels designs. Like, I don't know. I saw the trailer. I thought it looked... It, it made me pop in my game again. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't like this game. But, <laughs> but it, oh. I, I don't like I don't like certain aspects of it. Um, I don't know. Don't have... If everything is open world, it means no one is looking out for my time. <laughs> maybe you should funnel me towards missions and objectives and maybe design an experience. Maybe I should funnel you toward game deals. Yeah, game deals! Take my advice, do as I say, save a little money for a rainy day. What are you buying? What are you buying indeed? This is the portion of the show, Teresa, where we read off of the game deals of the week that you can find various places throughout the continental United <laughs> States for the most part. Uh, it's all in dollars. Uh, Mass Effect Andromeda, which is its pronunciation, mm-hmm. for Xbox One. You get the deluxe edition uh, with uh, gold on Xbox One for forty one ninety nine. It's pretty damn good. $20 off the non-deluxe version. And then it's deluxe anyway. But this is really neat. Uh, the Saints Row Metro Pack that comes with Metro 2033 and Last Light and Saints Row 4 Reelected and Gatter to Hell. 11, bu- 11 bucks for all wow. four of Wow. Yep. The Division is also 20 bucks. This is a dumb deal, uh, but I know people will want to hear it. PS4, what's the best game going for the PS4 right now? Mm. Enter the Gungeon. Jesus, Dave. It's on every <laughs> system. Uh, Think of Horizon exclusive. Zero Dawn. There you go, Michael. Uh, via Fries, which discounted it to forty nine ninety nine. That's where your best buys are always at. Uh, I've never set foot in a Fries before, and I've I mean I've always wanted to. They sound exciting. Yeah, where they like it looks like a Nick Arcade set or uh-huh, Legend like, of the well, one's like a, yeah, like an Aztec temple, yeah. and another one's like Alien Invasion theme. Yeah, no car. <laughs> uh, haven't been able to go to one, but they discounted the it's game. It's like to- if every store was a themed prom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Pre order under the sea dance. Um, Fries, uh, Fries has it. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn at forty nine ninety nine. But and this is wacky. If you use Google Express, 
but you have to be a first-time user. Use the code CLEAN25 at checkout uh, and check the box for three months of Google Express usage. You'll get 25% additionally off of that, bringing it down to $37 for Horizon Zero Dawn. The best mm. new exclusive for the PS4. Walmart, Gears of War 4, 1988. Uh, best Buy, if you're a gamer's club unlocked. Yep. Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? Yep. That sounds, it sounds so dumb when I get it right. Uh, <laughs> 36 bucks for Nier Automata, uh, or Automata, mm-hmm. if we're going with Andromeda mm-hmm. uh, naming conventions. And Mafia 3 for 19.99. Wait, how much for Nier Automata? 36. 36, that's Not even bad. cheaper than it was under the Golden Week sale. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Sleeping Dogs Definitive Edition, a really great game, uh, $5.99 via Amazon PC. I will always download. champion this. And I have to. I will always champion this and on Amazon. A bunch of uh, digital deals, DuckTales Remastered, $3.75. A game with my name in the credits. And it's nice. one I really like a lot. I'm very I was, proud to I work I thought that me. was going to be like discontinued with the, the, the Disney Afternoon Collection. and it's It means yeah. they're working together, so yeah. they probably aren't severing all deals. But Disney uh, Afternoon Collection is, again, something I keep having a blast with. And again, hey, uh, I know it's fun to laugh at us playing the Austin Powers game, but I worked really mm-hmm. hard mm-hmm. on multiple documentaries about Darkwing Duck, Scrooge McDuck, Chip and Dale... And Baloo from Tailspin. Please check those out. <laughs> a little, a, a little better ratio <laughs> than how much you're watching some of our streams, because those took <laughs> eons to put together. All right, is that it? Oh, and uh, Race for the Galaxy came out, oh, and of it's course, only yes. six ninety nine in the iOS store, or free if you tweet at us. Yeah, mm. potentially. Potentially. Stay tuned. Yeah. Take my advice. Teresa owed me $2,000. <laughs> He's an influencer. I'm an influencer. I'm an influencer. Give me. And by that, I mean he has influence. I could also be bought off with a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Or nothing. Yeah. Or, yeah. No, or nothing. How about, how about the podcast appearance? Or just don't tell anyone how I live. <laughs> like, let's make a deal. You've seen our house now. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Anyway. News is nice. Keeping all that in, by the way. I need report. Firework. If you liked my sports talk earlier, I've got a couple more sports things to talk about. Yeah, baby! Dave's talking to the mic! Couldn't stop doing Dick Vitale. Dick Vital. EA had an investor call this week which revealed a couple things, one of which is that... Teresa's mom is no longer with the company. Uh, one of which is that uh, there will be a new UFC game in the first quarter of 2018. Because it's one of those, it's a sports game that EA does, but it's... Biannual? Yeah, it's biannual. Like, it doesn't have to be annual, because not enough changes in the UFC every year that you would want to... Mm. Wait, wait. Biannual or biennial? Biennial. I don't, I don't What's the know. difference? I have no idea. Oh, Jesus Christ. Don't pull that on us. You're way better at vocabulary. We took you seriously. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, this will be the third one they did, and the third get... one from EA. But was the, did you like the last one? Yeah, I liked them. I thought it I was both. one of the prettier, yeah. like the most realistic looking human beings I've ever seen in a game. Yeah, I'm I mean, not a big UFC fan, but I know the game series is a good track record. Yeah, and, but the, I mean the roster does change enough in UFC that like yeah, every two years seems about right. Like, will CM Punk still be there? Probably not. Uh, 
but they could get more legends in there, which would be good. Uh, they, EA also revealed that uh, the next Need for Speed won't be online only. That the previous two Need for Speed games were kind of dependent on having constant mm. uh, online players driving your, around. What with is it? Your driver wall or whatever? Yeah, yeah, I was relying on that. Uh, but the next one will have a single player mode that will be, you know, you can play offline. We'll still have an open world, which is part for the course for uh, Need for Speed games, and it'll have police chases, which is always the mark of a good. Oh, my girlfriend for... hates those so much. Uh, really? Oh, yeah. I mean, this neighborhood, you don't want to hear police sirens. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, yeah. Let's give Teresa an extra helmet on our way out of here. <laughs> uh, NBA 2K18 has a release date of uh, September 19th, and we'll have Shaquille O'Neal on the cover. Yeah. Uh, he's also in NBA Playgrounds. And I did read a neat is story he? on Polygon about mm. how... Like, they haven't... This is the first non-NBA uh, 2K game mm-hmm. in... Boy, I would have to say, like... Wait, since it. the last NBA Jam, like, because they... Do, there is EA who does NBA Live, but that mm-hmm. it's been canceled for a few years. Okay, yeah. And they had to get permission from 2K to be like... The small, develop, the small development team had to say, Hey, we have this idea for a game. We mm-hmm. want to use NBA players in it. And 2K all right, but you can't said, put it in a box, and it can't be targets. Well, it targets. didn't. It, it didn't. It's not releasing mm-hmm. uh, physically. But they were also like 2K was cool enough to be like, yeah, this is a completely different game. Mm-hmm. Like 2K is a this, simulator. This, this is not competing. Where this. yeah, you you manage rosters for entire teams, and you go through like a story mode where you play as an up and coming NBA player. NBA Playgrounds is a two on two game. You play <laughs> for, for five minutes, yep. and that's an entire NBA game. Mm-hmm. Way different things, and it's cool that they gave that permission. Uh, speaking of board games, uh, the cult Xbox 360 game Deadly Premonition is returning oh. in board game form. What? Which I have to imagine is the most obtuse board game ever because that game itself was very difficult to comprehend. Teresa, do we need to send you home with a copy of Deadly <laughs> Premonition? I think so. It's one of the it's the room meets Twin Peaks. It yes. Kind of, yeah. It but is a wonderful experience. That sounds amazing. It, yeah. There's also scenes. You can shave in real time. The board is the size of your entire house and it take, you have to move at each square in real you time. You have to drive alone for 15 minutes to get to your next destination. <laughs> the only uh, thing you do is talk to your imaginary uh, friend about DVD yeah. commentaries. You, 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 it comes with ten six-sided dice, and that's what you roll to move. Yeah, yeah. Uh, something that should be bad, but one of the most compelling. It's one of those games where, like, I've seen reviews that are two out of ten, and mm-hmm. I've seen reviews that are ten out of mm-hmm. ten, and I'm like, they're both right. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's they both have great points, yeah. and like mm-hmm. this game, I. I it's one of the worst games ever made, I, and it's also amazing. Yeah, it's yeah. one of the, like, I know I will never have the time for it, but I always want to make the time for it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, hey, if it's a board game, then can, uh, hopefully it won't uh, take t- as much of my time. You can buy but, me yeah. over, we, yes. can play with, we can play with our lady friends, yeah. it'll be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, Bob Ross? Bob, Bob Ross. What? The, um... The, the, yes, what was it? The, the Joy of Painting? The, yeah, the, Joy, of the painting. Joy of Painting on PBS yeah. is going to be a character skin in Smite. Wow, really? Seems so odd. Well, I think because wasn't the Joy of Painting on Twitch? Like, that was a thing people yeah. would watch that, oh, yeah. that on Twitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twitch was trying to launch its craft line, which yeah. is a fucking great idea, actually. Yeah. And I mean, it yeah. makes sense. Yeah, and Smite is one of the more popular MOBAs. Is it a MOBA? 
It's a MOBA. Uh, it is a MOBA. Okay. I think. The Joy of Painting is a MOBA. Oh, yes. Yes, yes the Joy of Painting mm-hmm. is a MOBA. Yeah, so yeah, MOBA wanna, that I believe is free to play, guy, yeah, and now yeah. you can make a character yeah, at least you're heavy yeah. first dress day, up yeah. as a really chill painter. But can he create, like, angry little trees or whatever? I, 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 if he doesn't, then the game thing. is yeah. critically flawed. We don't yeah. have deaths. We have happy accidents. But, yeah, so... Smite will actually come with a Bob Ross bundle wow. for ten dollars uh, on May sixteenth. So I, if you wanted to get into the game, but you needed did you Bob ever Ross that, to get you in it, that there remix PBS made that like beautiful song remix of Bob Ross. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved it. And so that so a little bit of alcohol that night, <laughs> and I went on a two week search to find a Bob Ross painting because that guy made two paintings per episode, every yeah. episode. For over 30 years. How much could these be worth? <laughs> There's more of Bob Ross paintings than there are animation cells in fucking Pinocchio. <laughs> uh, so I, and I, I, I found one. It's $5,000 oh too much. Oh my gosh. $5,000 too much for a Bob Ross painting? I don't know. It doesn't <laughs> make me that happy. Well, how, how happy were the trees? Dude. I think if I, if I could myself draw some smiley faces on them, mm-hmm. I think they'd be the happiest <laughs> trees ever. <laughs> Uh, speaking of Prey, speedrunners have already discovered how to finish that game in 20 minutes. I, I feel just in the there were two things we did in that game where like, oh, I can get in that area that way. I didn't have to trudge yeah. through any of this shit. Yeah. Maybe they found that shotgun. Yeah. Hey, come on. Don't, you're I have paying, to imagine this person had the pre You're paying bonus. attention to my flaws. If they've been playing it enough to cut down, because this person had previously be, finished the game in 45 minutes, wow. and then they cut their, their completion time in half. It takes like 10 minutes just to complete those dumb scripts. Yeah, tests. it's a lot of like, you know, messing around with the game, going out of the environment, doing so, that sort of stuff. So you're saying it was pretty embarrassing. I got hung up on one mission for yeah. an hour. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, also in speedrun news this week, the the world record for Super Mario 64 getting every single one awesome. of the stars, a guy finds it. What? 45 minutes? No, uh, just under 100 minutes. So an hour and 39 minutes and, like, a whole bunch of seconds. Wow. Uh, but, yeah, that he finished the game. Like, because that's one of those things where it's, like, incremental, mm-hmm. like, record-breaking. Like, I think the previous record was one hour, 40 minutes, and, like, seven seconds. Mm-hmm. And then they – you cut out that those 10 seconds is amazing. And that – you have to play at that level for 100 minutes, which is mm-hmm. – uh, Longer than a lot of movies that you that that you have to play at like perf you have to play perfectly for that long that mm. astonishes me. Yeah, I can't do it. Not not like this chump who just plays for pray for twenty minutes. Hey. I'm calling him out. So moving on to the community segment, which is always is segmenting our community. As you might remember from earlier in the show, we have two codes for Race for the Galaxy to give away, courtesy of Teresa. One for iOS. One for Android. Mm-hmm. Here's how you win them. Um, tweet at us. Mm-hmm. Tweet at VG Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. And uh, include the hashtag VGA Race for the Galaxy. Oh, and you can say whatever you want, but make sure you include uh, iOS or Android. And mm-hmm. you can just shorten it to A-N-D, mm-hmm. just to let us know which one you're interested More in. Galaxy. Mm-hmm. And you will be entered into a random drawing mm-hmm. to win a code if you enter... No later than 11.59 p.m. Pacific Time My God. on f- Friday, May 19th. Mm. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, last week's question of the week was, 
What's your favorite experience playing in 3D? Teresa, you might actually have a good answer for this one. Yeah, VR is essentially 3D. Oh, well, I really love Medium, which is a sculpting thing. I mean, it's not its not exactly a game, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's a creative tool that you play with. It's interactive. Can... It has DLC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it doesn't. But, uh... Is it like, what, what, a tilt brush? Or... Yeah, it's like that, but you're sculpting, and it just makes really great use of your analog movements of your hands. This, mm. and, and also this the parallax of, like, seeing around something. Well, how do you see in 3D? Well, it, it's got uh, parallax stereoscopic vision as part of the VR goggles. So you put on like a pair of like red and blue glasses, like Back to the Future <laughs> bully, and, and that's how you see it. Well, <laughs> is the rift, you know? Does but... it? Yeah, oh, the rift. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. See, that's what I that that does count. That has to officially count as 3D. We brought this up yes. to the 3DS cut out. It's 3D. <laughs> You're like, how thing. are VR? How is VR 3D? I, I don't think of them like that. <laughs> I, that's exactly what they are. They are that. They are. They absolutely it's, are. It's like the apex of 3D. Yes. It's, it's freed from this if, l- lame constraint of a television. No, no, no. I need the red and blue glasses. Yeah, That's how I Nobody watched... Nobody needs those. I watched the John Wayne movie Hondo in 3D with my grandfather, and if a game doesn't do that, it's not 3D. <laughs> the only innovative use of red and blue 3D glasses yes. was William Castle's 13 Ghosts, which had a red and blue viewer... And if you believed in ghosts, you could look through the blue viewer to see them. And if you didn't believe in ghosts, you could look through the red viewer and there would be no ghosts in the movie. Mm. So it, What? Yes. Wow. Wow, that's, that's awesome. awesome. The ghost showed up in, like, bright red. So <laughs> you just look through the red and, like, there's no ghost there. Wow. That's amazing. Anyway, I'm getting way off topic. The best use of 3D is uh, Nightmare, or Nightmare on Elm Street 6, Freddy's Dead. Yeah. Which, when you watch it on television, like, why is the death of this major character so stupid? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, because that was meant to be in 3D. So his head flew at you screaming, yeah, bitch, <laughs> like right at the screen and yeah. exploded. It looked great. <laughs> why is Jason Not so much stabbing ever directly again. into best, the camera? Best use of 3D <laughs> is Captain EO when uh, Dude, Michael so Jackson squeezes that camper's head and the eyeballs fly out straight. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad I got to see that again. <laughs> you, you get the mixed reference, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, let's move on. Uh, first responder in the forums was Sma, who said, Smuh. Mine is a horror game called Dark Escape in 40 by Namco that I played in an arcade in Seoul. It's a shooter similar to games like House of the Dead, but it moves around and shakes and shoots air at you. It's really fun. <laughs> Triscuitable said, I still remember playing Borderlands 2 with my brand new GPO and turning on NVIDIA 3D Vision for kicks. Let me just say that those diegetic menus popping out was already pretty cool, and seeing them in 3D made them that much more awesome. Also neat was how well the game handled itself in 3D. Normally, I'd expect an FPS in 3D to handle... Like picking up wet garbage on a hot Arizona <laughs> afternoon with your bare hands. Love that word picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Borderlands 2 remains surprisingly playable in short bursts before eye fatigue set in. And uh, Raven Mom said, How the hell did I spend 30 hours in Super Street Fighter 4 for 3DS? I had a fight stick and the big boy version on 360, but man, I really did like the small scale version. <laughs> it was like watching a Street Fighter diorama. That's all Street Pass is, actually, yeah. when you unlock those puzzles. Apollo Mosk said, Playing Ocarina of Time on my 3DS was a fun trip down memory lane and still stands as a masterclass of how to do a remake right. Updated graphics, adherence to the original story and gameplay, and an address to the little 
frustrating oversights of the original game Iron Boots and the Water Temple. Ooh. But the greatest part was always when I'd pick up a cuckoo. Cucko? I, I never know how to pronounce these things. Cuckoo? You just call this guy a cuck? And run directly away from the camera, prompting the 3D feather- feathers that wilted from the spastic bird to seemingly fly right out of the screen into my face. It was a unique experience and a surreal triumph of the hardware that made my eyes hurt, and but made me feel good. Oh. Well, all these people mentioning people's like their eyes hurting mm-hmm. is that a thing you have to think of when you're developing a VR game like this person can only play for this long before they like before they start to get like imprints on their face or just start to get headaches from like maybe not being yeah, able to handle like a VR yeah like a special rule to like avoid motion sickness and headaches yeah you know a lot of that gets solved by the SDKs from the various mm-hmm. uh, headset makers uh, themselves but there's still a ton of best practices on the software side to, yeah. to deal with nausea which isn't as much of the eye strain thing, but um, it, but there's a lot of like like no no disco stage where like lights are just flashing in your face all the time. Probably a bad thing. I, I yeah I don't know. Sometimes people people seem to make a lot of like uh, acid trip simulators uh, and, and that yeah, is yeah, like bro <laughs> four twenty. Let's do this. I, I I have a vivid memory of my father almost beating me in Mario Kart for the first time and just mm. like yeah. Suck shit. Uh, <laughs> uh, Rainbow like, Road. So I do not agree with me. I, I don't think I can really get nauseous in VR because of the one of the peculiarities of the Vive mm-hmm. is that uh, every once in a while, like the sensors will not be able to see the headset, and whenever that happens, for some reason, it always ends up like the headset just pitches, like my view just pitches violently down and to the left. Like ah. I just fell on the floor <laughs> and then I have to like wait for a few seconds while it recovers. Wow. Uh, so I'm just, I'm just so, you, so used to that. It's just the game, every game defaults you to the role of shy boy. No, 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 no. <laughs> Don't talk to me. Uh, but uh, KSO said, my favorite experience when playing a game in 3D is when I fell in love with Pushmo on the 3DS. While That's the game fun. is perfectly playable without the 3D, I would argue that Pushmo's gameplay is enhanced by the effect. Yeah. The effect helped me better perceive the distance of certain platforms, which was helpful when figuring out the game's puzzles. Not only is Pushmo my favorite experience with 3D gaming, it is also the game that justified the 3DS as a system to me. I think if we ever had to do a top five nickel on the greatest original characters to mm-hmm. debut on the 3DS. It has to be these adorable characters from Pushmo. Pushmo yep. rules. Yep. That weird uh, thong-wearing samurai. It's or <laughs> sumo dude. Oddly arousing. Yep. <laughs> so we have a few uh, video response. Oh! Uh, first one from Buckaroo Banzai. Hey VGA, form user Buckaroo Banzai here to answer this week's question of the week on favorite 3D gaming experience. But uh, before we get to that, let me tell you that I have something called Dwayne Syndrome. And uh, to make a long story very short, my eye likes to do this. Oh, God. It's just a so little bit So 3D outside. has been a hassle for me. Can't see it. Gives me headaches. Generally miserable experience. So my favorite 3D gaming experience was buying the 3DS and turning that slider to off, never looking back. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> so we just played all that for no answer. Damn. What are you, what's he had a great Reptar say? shirt, though. <laughs> Can't fault him for that. Well, there's always Gallatin Carhartt. Gallatin yes. Carhartt, hyper-positive farm boy. Hello, VGA. It's Gallatin Carhartt. Jason here, this time in Liberty, Kentucky, at the uh, Rocky Mountain Horse Youth Camp Ordeal Extravaganza. 
<clears throat> none of mine are riding here. None, none of these are the, the young ones. They're way up there. About to say. If you can see where I'm pointing. Um, Everyone hang listening on horses can, right? right now. So this is this is all this right here. This is just kids practicing. So, anyways, question of the week is uh, what 3D experience did I love? And I'm just gonna say I really, really liked the uh, the Zelda games mm. on 3DS, uh, Ocarina, and uh, the Moon one. <laughs> I forgot the name, but you know what I mean by the Moon one. <clears throat> And then there's that other one that was the follow-up to the old, old one on the Super Nintendo. Follow me here. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, we know. Anyways, how you kind of... It is one of the few ones that really played with the 3D of the uh, 3DS. So, there's that. I like my 3DS. I wish I could say the Pokemon. But the 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 newest Pokemon says whatever. Forget Forget 3D, it's stupid. Anyway, that's about it. Y'all yeah, take it easy. I gotta go get over there with the horses, <laughs> and I'll be here tomorrow, too. <laughs> Anyways, take it easy, fellas. Bye. In case anyone wanted to go mm. see him. And I, I don't... I, just, I, I, the amount of power the Pokemon company says, like, you're going on the 3DS. Uh, are you ready? Yeah. Are you in 3D? No. <laughs> you're gonna be the only game on 3DS without 3D. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you want, sure. you want to fight about it? Yeah. <laughs> and their game is like kind of custom made for 3D because yep. it's always in that perspective where it's like <laughs> you are behind your Pokemon, that Pokemon should be jutting out, but they're like, nah. But that was the dumb, that were this popular. The, the, we just the dumb okay. secret with Street Fighter 4 3DS is that if you turn the 3D yeah. off in the options menu, you got 60 frames a second. Yeah. Whereas if you didn't, it was 30 frames, but in 3D. They eventually, like yeah. Monster Hunter got there, it does both. Yeah. Um, uh, because when, when you see 60 frames a second 3D, it, it's it's a big difference. It really is. What was the disease the guy said he had? I didn't even think about people who couldn't see 3D. Oh, yeah, I think Dan, well, Dan mentioned Dan, that. Dan, yeah, has that same Dan, issue. Our buddy Dan from last week mentioned that, and it was a what is it, time traveler? Yeah, the yeah Sega time traveler. Yeah, Sega that time traveler. If you, you ever remember seeing that, hologram. it's a bubble that with a laser disc projected hologram yeah. on the top. Teresa, have no it, idea how like old the, you, you are or whether or not you recognize it. It's like the video game that was Princess not. Leia's uh, hologram was, from Star Wars, was, but you're like over it. That's help me, Dan. Yeah. You're my only hope. <laughs> yeah. And, and space, it controls like Dragon Slayer, where you have to just like yeah. put in a joystick input or a or button. Or else press the, the movie right won't time. continue. You press a direction every eight seconds, and then mm-hmm. you either pass or fail. Yeah. Mm. It's like a really, really shitty movie that you have to do a specific input if you want it to keep playing. <laughs> I didn't put a question of the week in here, but I was thinking in honor of, I guess we could do, unless this is like revealing something you may be working on. Mm-hmm. But what is a board game? That you would want to see on a modern platform, which which mine. which which board game and which platform? I would love to see King of Tokyo, um, which is a board game that I love. But I think they actually announced that they're going to be doing oh, some digital version. So I guess that's just going to happen. So you can't make cookies for that creator <laughs> and like uh, <laughs> beg him for the license. No, I guess not. I'll beat you to it mm-hmm. next time because I'm going to come to the door of the creator of Fireball Island. Oh. Which at the time was the most coveted item in the world to me, and it's the, st- the stupidest fucking game I've ever seen in my whole life. But it had a giant godlike head that spit marbles down uh, ramps <laughs> that were also a game mm-hmm. board. So it was it was a pretty generic game until you stepped in this one thing. Like you know, now it's time for the Indiana Jones moment. 
But I do love the Indiana Jones aesthetic and the idea that, like, yeah, your character's just dead forever. <laughs> you didn't you didn't go back four spaces. You died. So was start it, over. Was that the template for that weird Ghostbusters board game where there was like a skull that you'd uh, roll down and like would go down one of these four staircases? Whoa! So it was sort of like part cheesy where you're trying to get to the center <laughs> point, but then there was something that could knock you off the board. No, I don't remember that. Huh? Was it the, the like the old school Ghostbusters board yeah, game? Well, real Ghostbusters, yeah. Ugh. Not like Filmation Ghostbusters, but... You know, my stupid favorite board game, and this wouldn't work at all, I could do a whole thing about how much I loved Mad Magazine as a kid. And they had a board game where the, your goal was to who can lose their money the fastest. I remember that. I and, think I had it. And the idea that you could play this for hours because you would like you would lose by getting more money. <laughs> like, aha, you sued a cab company because they ran over your foot. $8,000. Like... You, you you didn't lose, so you can't win. Uh, it was it was the stupidest board game ever. I've never seen a girlfriend so bored, forcing her to play that game. But I love that game so much. Lose all your money and making it hard, like Brewster's Millions board game. Uh, let's see. So old. I'm gonna say uh, a, you could do the they have they do this for basically a ton of properties. I have. The Back to the Future version. I played a zombie version. It's called Flux, which is like it's a card game where uh, everyone has an initial goal, but you can basically alter that goal, alter the things needed for the goal by p- pulling various cards. And it's one of those games where it's like this was not quite explained to me properly, and I'm at a disadvantage when I start this game. But I feel like. If you played it on, like with a bunch of your friends and you all had iPhones mm-hmm. or Androids, you could they could all just con- like connect with each other, maybe even like show on the TV mm-hmm. uh, in a way that the rules are always distinctly remembered. Because that's also a thing. Every time I play Flux, like oh, we didn't flip this one card like forty five minutes ago, and it's totally messed up the winning conditions. And I like oh, yeah. I personally love Back to the I Future, that, didn't I? Uh, yeah, because we, we play one that's Cthulhu, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, you can, you, uh, the game's automatically over if someone pulls out the Cthulhu card, but if you have the Necronomicon, then mm-hmm. it's not over, and you win because you have the Necronomicon, and it's like, well, like, what if someone forgot to, like, flip this one card earlier, <laughs> then the whole game is all out of whack, but it's so fun when it works right, and I feel like if you had something like iPhones or a uh, console that, like, just made it a little bit more... That's one of my horror stories with tabletop games in general. The, yeah. the idea that the rules aren't always on screen yeah. at the exact same time to tell you did something wrong. And then yeah. you end up engaging with, like, oh, the, the factors aren't here to make this game possible. Yeah. That did happen when we played but, more uh, of those Yeah, I, I love those games when they work properly. Mm. Which is, you know, usually, but sometimes something goes haywire and it's not as I think I call every one of those tabletop games uh, one game, mm-hmm. and that's called Who Has the Least ADD? <laughs> and I Always Lose. <laughs> uh, I'll just say Hero Quest. Uh, that if you might not remember that, that was like a Milton Bradley Dungeons and Dragons style, kind of Warhammery style game where mm. it was very simple dungeon crawling. Mm. But you like you'd set up a board and set up a dungeon, and uh, there'd be a DM player and uh, convert to Satan. You'd, you'd have little little miniatures, and it's like I think if you could make that into a digital experience, and also add something like Might and Magic Showdown has, where it's like mm. uh, miniature painting. Uh, that might be a pretty cool thing to play online. Um, so for uh, a board game that I would love to see, if you think back to your childhood, 
um, the game of life. There's <laughs> so there's all these legacy games that have been coming out yeah. lately, like mm-hmm. Risk Legacy, Pandemic Legacy. And I think is that be... a line of games? Well, what? it's like a style of games where you play, where you replay them over and over with the same group of people, and oh. each time you play, you develop new rules, and there's consequence. You're so, right. We played Risk Legacy. Yeah. it's like you just X out stuff, and that's gone forever. Yeah, and so it really affects like the next game you play, and you kind of go on this really long journey. Well, I want to yeah. do that with life or something like that, where you could have like this concept of reincarnation, and you could, you know, screw up the planet, or you could invest in technology, <laughs> you have, and you have crashed your station wagons. Please clip the bottom of your little kid pants. <laughs> yeah. No longer can walk. Isn't, is life the one where it was like that little clackety? The oh, wheel of yeah, fortune. That board, wheel, yeah, that wheel. That wheel. Yeah, whatever platform, like, as long as you're not spinning a clackety thing. Really? I hate... Ugh. Uh, I just hate maybe the, you, you gotta yeah. get some WD-40 on there. I, I'm, I'm more of a Pop-O-Matic bubble guy. <laughs> I'll give you trouble. I don't want to ever touch the dice. If they're hermetically sealed and I just press down and they shake, that's great. That, uh, that is like a germaphobe's version of craps. The, the problematic bubble. Just marketed like that. The germaphobe's craps. Yeah. <laughs> Who thought of the name craps? What? How what yeah, century that is that good. from? Where know. that's appealing. I first saw it in like a Joker's Wild when I was like seven years old, and I was like, "Why would you call a game shits? It's better than playing turds." <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. But anyway. To- so let us know which board games would you like to adapt into a video game. Let us know. Go to lasertimepodcast.com slash forums uh, or go to videogameapocalypse.com and answer in the comments under episode 213 or join our Facebook group, uh, Laser Time Community, and answer there. Uh, that's been our show. Let's go out with some plugs. Teresa, where can people find your stuff? Uh, on Twitter, we're at temple underscore gates, or you can find us on the web at templegatesgames.com. And and uh, they can get Race for the Galaxy from you guys. What what else do you make? Um, so we've got Race for the Galaxy for your phone or your tablet. We've also got Bazaar, which is a flying carpet adventure, mm-hmm. or Ascension VR, uh, which is another tabletop card game. Mm. Awesome. And I don't make games, no, but I but might. You always have kind plugs. Of talk. I'm, I'm inspired now, uh-huh. uh, especially after all time, the time to download Unity. Quiplash and use your words, like all oh, those yeah. uh, those fun. Uh, what would you call them? Party phone games. Yeah, they're almost like board games that only exclusively yeah. take place on a console and with your phone. Yeah, um, but of course, this week um, we have a bunch of fun stuff for you. Why am I at a loss? Uh, wait, Dave mentioned something about Back to the Future. We just did a yes. commentary for that for our patrons. Patreon.com slash laser time for the low cost of five bucks. You get uh, that commentary and almost a hundred more, yeah. including for every Star Wars movie that we have closed out the Back, Back to the Future yes, trilogy. Thankfully. Uh, you get a week a, exclusive weekly show. Mm-hmm. The first season of Talking Simpsons, 30 2010 wrap up, a bunch of super fun stuff. And this week, guess what, people? I didn't want to say it when Tad Stone was on. <laughs> an exclusive commentary. Uh, to Darkwing Duck, synced up <laughs> to the first inaugural episode in honor of the Disney Afternoon Show we did last week on Laser Time, which is something I was very proud of, and thank you for all your kind words about that. We kind of overstretched ourself, uh, ourselves and made a ultra-mega-long show um, with someone I didn't think who would actually talk to us, and he <laughs> did. Thank you so much to Tad Stones. And, uh, yes, and I also like to plug... Well, why not? Templegate Games. It's on my computer. Right? It's, on, <laughs> it's on my screen right now. Templegate Games. And our buddy AJ, who uh, hooked us up. Yeah. Uh, 
We also regularly stream on Twitch, twitch.tv slash laser time. Mm-hmm. With anything, is there anything after that? No. I think that's one of the ones where we got in on the ground floor, but not yeah. YouTube. YouTube.com slash laser time network. Nope, it's YouTube.com slash laser time. Is it not? No, it's only been a couple years. You'll figure it out. I think you could use laser time network as well. You can. Huh? Yes. It's both. Uh, but that, yeah, where we stream stuff like uh, NBA mm-hmm. Playgrounds, mm-hmm. Prey. I'm going to do Strafe or some. Yeah, else I want to try good. and do Strafe. Yeah. I really do. Uh, and a ton of older stuff like the two Austin Power. Two Austin Powers games that came out on Game Boy Color yep. in honor of the 20th anniversary. Before there was a Grand Theft Auto oh, yes. 3, Rockstar Games brought to us the Pokemon Gold and Silver yes. of uh, British dick jokes. Austin <laughs> pa- two Austin Powers games. And we talked about Austin Powers on 302010 very recently. That sound is awful. Uh, it's so bad. We weekly... Every- and that's more of the gold you can expect from those games. Yes. Every week we go uh, 30, 20, and 10 years back in time to talk about the <clears throat> movies, music, shows, and games that came out uh, during that seven-day stretch. And I, I will say, uh, thanks to our buddy Josh, we have a full video version of our Top 5 oh, conversation hi. from last week <laughs> uh, about the Top 5 Mike Myers games. My God, you got to see it to believe it. Yeah. Uh, YouTube.com slash laser time and Patreon.com slash laser time and hug a loved one, I guess. I don't yeah. know. I'm tired of plugging That's stuff. That's not a website. That's not a website. But it can be. Yes. Hugaloveone.com. Hug a loved one. <laughs> uh, as always, you can follow the show on Twitter at VG Apocalypse or follow me personally at Wikiparas. That's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. smells good i promise uh, are we gonna use any of that for the secrets that just that last god one. damn it that's <laughs> something that'll embarrass me it's always mm. something that'll embarrass me. yeah usually that's what the secret sound is for why do i even try i don't know why do i even try